Welcome to Embrace the Unknown's podcast. My name is Isaac John McKinney, and I'm the CEO and founder of Embrace the Unknown. And Embrace the Unknown is my life motto and key principle in which I live by that I've turned into a clothing brand that will be launching on November 1st. This podcast was created to share stories, conversations, and interviews with people who have already embraced the unknown in order to live a fulfilling life. And in today's episode, we have Naisha Sanders. The first thing that I will like you to do is kind of introduce yourself, your business and brand, and also share a little bit about your own personal story. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Isaac, for having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here and to also just share what this experience has been like for me. So just to give a little bit of a background, I've had a corporate job for over the past 11 years at the time of this recording, and it was all in finance. And just recently, over the past year, I decided to step away from that corporate job to start my business full time. And while that is literally the highlight reel and, you know, wow, that's so great and so encouraging. There's a lot of details and steps in between that was filled with, you know, if I'm honest, fear, uncertainty, excitement, inspiration, so many different emotions that took place. So I really do feel excited to just be able to embrace the unknown and to truly walk out what I'm currently doing and to just share a little bit about what I'm currently doing. So I am a leadership coach and consultant. My business is called Resolution Coaching. And within that, I really help leaders just develop confidence on how to be effective in the workplace. I also authored a book and published it back in 2020, and it's called The Fruit of a Spirit-Led Leader. And really that entire movement and book is really about how do we intertwine our faith and work and really just embrace the fact that our faith is part of who we are. And that has just been so exciting for the simple fact that a lot of people aren't talking about faith in the workplace. And so to be able to do that and support leaders in that way has been so powerful and really just makes me feel like, you know, even on the tough days to continue to embrace the unknown and push forward in doing what I truly feel called and purpose to do which is helping people grow spiritually and in confidence in who they are as an individual and what value they bring to whether it be an organization, a business, a community, or whatever endeavors they feel like it's on their heart that they need to carry out. So I'm really excited to be able to do that work. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Naisha, for sharing that. While you were talking, I actually written down a segue question. And that question was, can you kind of explain the detailed steps you took to go from corporate in order to own your own business? And what was those detailed steps like throughout that process? Yeah, that's a great question. And really, it wasn't just a, you know, let me jump out there and do it. So I actually started my business back in 2015. So by the time I actually stepped into it full time, it was truly something I had already been doing part time or behind the scenes. What that looked like practically uh, during my day job is part of me opening up or starting my LLC was out of passion. You know, I was doing the work in the corporate world. And when I say corporate, you know, I was supporting Fortune 100 companies. So it, it was a very high demanding job. It was not easy, but it was, you know, very demanding, you know, 60 plus hours each week. Uh, so it's not like, you know, I had a whole lot of extra time 
outside of work to build my business on the side. But the reason why I created my LLC, because I really enjoy coaching and doing that work of, you know, really being a thought partner and co-creating with, you know, these leaders and individuals to help them really build the confidence that they needed to to grow in, you know, their career or um, whatever it is that they were setting out to do. So it really was birthed out of passion. So, you know, how some sometimes you hear, you know, people are asking you, you know, whether or not your business is a hobby. And and to be frank, you know, it was, it started off as a hobby. It started off as, you know, something that I just valued. I got my degree in and was doing it so much in the office that I felt like, you know, the level of impact that I wanted to bring forth required me to do it also outside of the office. So that's what actually drew me to create the LLC. And right from the start, I I was getting uh, different opportunities that <laughs> allowed for me to really embrace that I was meant to do it. And, you know, I, I'm a Christian. So when I think about, you know, how my faith was even integrating with that, it was just simply like, man, God really asked me to do this you know, and trusting God in that process. And so, you know, the the wins that I had early on were confidence builders. So, you know, one, one win that I got right out the gate was I was able to reach out to um, Michigan State University to do their executive education program, you know, create a coaching program, be the instructor. So here it is, like, one of the first big contracts that I got while I still had a full-time corporate job was for Michigan State University conducting and designing an executive education program. So that win for me was reassurance and affirmation and confirmation that this was work I was supposed to be doing and, and that built my confidence. So I would say that early on, the steps that allowed for me to be in my business full-time now was the fact that one, it did start out of a passion, but then two, it also was the little small wins along the way that that allowed for me to truly believe that I was doing the right things and on the right path that allowed for me to go all in. So I think that part of this idea of embracing the unknown is really thinking about it from the perspective that you're not gonna just simply, um, you know, jump off the cliff. I mean, some of us may, but for me, it was, you know, taking the steps up to the cliff that allowed for me to then be like, well, I'm up here, I might as well jump. <laughs> so I, I think it's important to, to know that that there are steps to get to the cliff where you can even, you know, take the leap. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. And um, also so amazing because when you talk about steps, we had I actually just been in the process of um, creating a new logo or getting a new logo made. And um, in the logo, there's literally like steps mm. <laughs> in the logo. And so that's just so much confirmation right there. And I love what you said about passion and small wins and then being able to allow the small wins to give you a level of validation that therefore enables you to be like, you know what, this is something that I can be all in with. The next question that I have for you, Naisha, is what was the biggest lie you were told that kept you from living a fulfilled life? That is such a good and deep <laughs> question. I spent a lot of time sitting in and it required a lot of reflection, but 
I would say it boiled down to the simple syndrome, right? That everyone, uh, that most people struggle with in in that being, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And it showed up in so many ways and it still shows up. I I can't say that I completely conquered that misconception and, you know, overcome all of my, my identity Christ issues, you know, that has come up along my journey. But what I can say is that every time now that that lies surface, I address it. You know, now I, I haven't got, I have gotten to a place to where, you know, and, and the thing for me is I recognize that when I'm, I call it running, right? So like when I am trying to prove myself in any shape or form, it's a moment for me to actually pause and stop and think of why am I running? Why am I leaning into this idea that I'm not smart enough? I'm not good enough. I don't have enough or whatever. I'm not enough, you know, insert thing here. Whenever that starts to surface up for me, I know it's a moment for me to step back and really get present to what is true, you know, and, you know, what is it that I'm particularly needing to to understand or build my faith around to develop the confidence that's required to actually step the thing out. So what that may look like is I feel like it's a struggle to embrace sales, right? Like if you have a business, the reality is you have to sell. And so if you're like, I am, I am just not a good salesperson. I've, you know, I've only been you know, a finance person, or I'm only a coach, or I'm only a teacher. Like if you're, if you're telling yourself that you're only a particular thing, you close the door on being something else or evolving to someone that God has called you to be. And so, you know, for me, it's been, you know, you know, not accepting that lie. And every time it shows up, you know, really reaffirming, the truth about what it is that I'm saying that, yeah, I may not have ever, you know, done sales, but I'm being asked to do them now. And so what do I need to know? What do I need to think? Um, How do I need to uh, show up to really embrace that unknown? And so I think uh, the, the, the short answer is the lie has been, I am not enough that you know, creates this cycle of, of perfectionism and is <laughs> this cycle of, of how do I prove myself to recognizing that I don't have anything to prove and I just need to show up and do what I'm led to do. And when I am doing that, then I'm serving and I'm living a fulfilled life. That is so amazing that you said that because that's actually one of the biggest lies that I'm currently battling now in my own personal life and also going forward in understanding vocational and also professional life as well. In the morning, I have these affirmations that I kind of write down and one of them have been, I am complete and that I lack nothing Mm -hmm. only because the Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And that stems from Psalm 23. And, And I I heard actually a Tori Roberts, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, actually said that. So I've been, <laughs> I mean, kind of using it ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. And, you know, one thing I just feel led to to add is the fact that, you know, sometimes we think that the lie will go away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's sometimes the lie doesn't ever go away because, you know, sometimes it's so deeply rooted that it'll, it'll resurface. And so it's, it's like a weed, right? Every time you start to see it trying to grow back up or to sprout out, you pull it up, right? So think about the lies as weeds that grow in gardens, right? Like every garden is going to have weeds. And if you don't, pull the weeds out of the ground, then it's going to choke out the beauty in that garden, right? Like it may choke out the roses or choke out the things that's growing and flourishing in that garden. And so it's so important to understand that just because you dealt with a lie or overcome a limiting belief previously, that it's gone away forever. You know, the key is really just being mindful of when those weeds are starting to sprout up and to be willing to get down in the dirt and pull them out, uh, which takes focus, which takes intentionality and which takes like confronting the emotion or the thing that's coming up for you. So I would say that it's a continuous improvement process of, of monitoring, you know, the things that you're going through and to understand your growth and how these lies hinders that growth. So really being mindful of that is really critical to continue this journey of embracing the unknown. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And even just like the little tips, my mind is so systematic. I'd be thinking of like, like I'm going to break this down into like a one, two, three step process. So even <laughs> just being able to be aware of, again, like what those, you know, weeds are basically. And then I just love what you said about being willing to do the work that it takes to like pull out those weeds as well. And mm-hmm. so that was amazing. Segwaying into the next question, what was your greatest fear that did not allow you to embrace the unknown? I would say that the biggest fear that really tricks me up is this sense of what are other people going to think? You know, if I could sum that up in a word, it's feedback, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone says feedback is a gift. But I think that in some cases, when you're embracing the unknown, feedback can actually be a curse, right? You know, so for me, you know, it's understanding that it was a pastor who said there are times when we are called to be feeders. And that really resonated with me because it's like, well, if I'm busy feeding, then I can't necessarily be concerned with, you know, feedback, right? what someone is trying to give back to me because what I'm feeding, what I'm giving is something that people may not even be ready to receive. It may be something that they didn't know they needed. So for me, it's just really been surrendering feedback and doing the work anyhow, because when I am able to do that, then I know that I'm actually walking in purpose and fulfilling what I feel like God has called me to do. So yeah, I would say that is understanding that in these situations, when you're embracing the unknown and you're going through this journey that feedback actually can be a curse if you depend too much on it and I would say that that's been the case for me in some of the things that I set out to do that I may not have done because I was too concerned or worried about what people were going to think or say about the particular thing that I was going to be doing. Wow I love that so much what you said about how it can transition into being something that you know may be a blessing but it may cause harm in a sense to like everything that we decide to do especially when it comes to embracing the 
unknown. And so that's so significant that you had said that because in my head, I immediately went to the possibility of positive criticism mm-hmm. versus people talking just to talk that like aren't necessarily giving you the advice that will in- enable you to improve on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you saying that just brought up another thought for me. And that's just this idea that we can think about feedback from people who are most closest to you, right? Like the people who are like, well, you're going to start this clothing line and you're going to, and you're going to do it how, and how is that going to provide empowerment or inspiration to people? So I think that all feedback isn't necessarily coming from an ill-intentioned place. Most people, especially if they care about you, have positive intent. However, when you're embracing the unknown, the truth of the matter is, is that they don't necessarily see the picture because you barely see the picture, right? Like you're embracing this idea that you don't have all the answers. And so sometimes feedback come from this place of protection. They want to protect you from the unknown when the very thing that you need to do is to step into the unknown. And so if you're not careful and able to discern a difference, then sometimes that's when it becomes the curse. The very thing that you were supposed to jump off and do or leap into, you didn't or you stopped because someone who loved you didn't think that it was for your best interest because they wanted to protect you. So I say it with, you know, all intentions of, of, yes, you know, some feedback is great, right? Like seek wisdom and seek counsel. That is true. But when you think about truly embracing the unknown, sometimes you're going to have to go without people feedback or even continue to go. If you have a strong revelation or conviction around what you are supposed to do and people who you care about isn't supportive yet of the situation, you still have to go, right? You still have to embrace it and, and see what happens on the back end of that. So I just wanted to add that context because I think that, yeah, it can be a blessing, but when we're specifically talking about stepping into a life that isn't fully defined or an outcome that is fully realized, it's hard for people to visualize and see how it's all going to work out. And that promotes fear and fear hinders you from moving. Fear stops you from doing the very thing that you're supposed to be doing. So just wanted to add that context. Wow. Did you hear what Naisha said about fear and how it stops you from doing what you're supposed to be doing? Embrace the unknown means to live a life in direct opposition to fear with faith, courage, and empowerment. We are a clothing brand that resembles this principle and we open November 1st. I am the CEO and founder, Isaac John McKinney, and we thank you for listening to this podcast, episode one, part one, and we will be back with part two. In the meantime, follow us on our social media at embracetheunknown.llc, and we are on Instagram and TikTok. We look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you.